Final Boy Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing. So if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you. again for tuning in to Final Boy Status. I'm your host for the day, Adam Bone, and we're here with the usual gang. We got Lanson and we got Luke. Welcome again, guys. You know, uh, there's like a prominent fishing theme in these movies, so you could have opened this episode by saying thanks for tuning in. Oh, yeah. hopefully you got your lures and your danglers, because we're getting into it. If you think that opener's bad, it's better than the entirety of this movie. That is true. This, I I mean, I'm not really worried about this podcast. Whatever comes out of our mouth and or other parts of our bodies during this entire sequence, it's going to be better. Whatever comes, out of, whatever, my, whatever comes out of my pinky finger. It's going to be better than whatever crap we just gonna watched. It's going to be better. Yeah, that's true. For those... Uh, who are still listening, we've got... The movie that we are talking about today is the third installment of the I Know What You Did Last Summer franchise. I, I, I'll I always... I'll always know. I will always know what you did last summer. And let me tell you, it's a ride. I, I have to say, like, right now, like, to anybody who's, like, watching these movies with us, um, you're welcome, I guess. Uh, or I'm terribly <laughs> sorry. I, this this movie, it exists in some sort of realm where I feel like it was a fever dream. I, I am I've already forgotten most of it. Yeah, uh, we just yeah. watched it like yeah. the credits rolled five minutes ago. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to just sit here and be like, what was that movie about again? What happened? <laughs> what did it, happen? What's some semblance of a plot? We'll jump into that. Yeah. Well, if you if this is your first time tuning in, um, what we do at Final Boy Status is we talk about some of your favorite horror movies, like I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. Not this one. No, this is nobody's favorite. This has a cult following of no Meaning one. Meaning <laughs> I'm starting a cult. <laughs> Luke will be starting a Facebook page. By the power of Ben Willis and by the might of the hook... <laughs> Yeah, you you've got it. You're writing my scripture. We <laughs> let us have power over the trucks in this movie. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, my voice is off. Let us me. flatten our enemies like Muppets. <laughs> let us go out and avenge PJ. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, Adam. I no, you're good. Adam. I didn't. I don't know we how defend. to. We defend only one. We have come to defend our Tony Hawk champion, PJ. <laughs> that guy was red as crap. <laughs> That guy, he can do kickflip 360s. <laughs> yeah! Don't move the mattress. You'll die. You'll become skewered. So we watch yeah. your favorite horror movies, and we decide if we could survive them. I know you do that with your friends. You watch, and you're like, I could totally survive that. That was yeah. a stupid decision. Right. Everyone talks about that. Yeah. But here at the podcast, we... we talk about that could we survive could we survive final boy status or final girl status as the cliche goes there's always yeah. a girl at the end that doesn't die and usually a boy who's the last to die but you know he lasts the longest except for yeah. the girl so that's what we're deciding in this podcast yeah that's how it goes what that's it what is we're, what we're all about and that's what yeah. we're all about <laughs> so uh <laughs> I'm just curious, Luke. Do we have any trivia on this movie? <laughs> like, what? What do we got what? in that department? 
the 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 worst thing I can say about this movie is I have more notes written than the other two movies combined. Oh, Let's see my that. God. Full note page. Wow. And like and by the way, for the, for those of you who don't know, like we're gonna do like bonus episodes and like bonus content later where I'll go back and I'll touch on trivia that I didn't get to talk about in the in the actual episode. Um so I'll do an episode about the I know what you did last summer trilogy, but I am not doing any more trivia from this movie. I'm going to get it all out in the open right now. And our bonus episode will just be trivia from the first two movies. Cause I can't be bothered oh, no. <laughs> talking about this movie about more than I have to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I guess we get into this, <laughs> get into this movie a little bit. So, uh, of course, I still know what you did last summer came out in 1997 and it was it wasn't a huge hit but it did well enough that they thought, you know, we're going to go ahead and go with a sequel. <laughs> they had it written in 1999. They what? announced that they were making it in 2000. Oh, uh, and this third movie, originally called The Hook, was supposed to be like the cap to the trilogy. It was going to have FPJ, J Love Hugh and Brandy return to wrap the story up and be like a true trilogy. Uh, but the film kept getting delayed and actors just were not really interested. So one by one, the actors dropped out and finally the film was rewritten. So it would star a completely new cast. And with this new cast, there was going to be a cameo from J Love Hugh to sort of pass the baton and <laughs> be like a new generation uh, but apparently J. Love Hugh was like, nah, this movie sucks, and declined the cameo. So her character was dropped from the film completely. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, basically after she dropped her cameo, the movie was just reslated for a direct-to-DVD release instead of any sort of theatrical production. And that's where everything went wrong. Coming to truck stops near you. <laughs> yeah, for real. So uh, I guess if we were to sum up this movie, basically... It's about a group of teenagers who play a hilarious prank on July 4th. So funny. That accidentally gets one of their good buddies killed. In a terrible um, skateboarding <laughs> accident. <laughs> so, okay. In one of those classic skateboarding off a building accidents. Right. Oh, totally Tony Hawks himself off the building and then it's like, oh crap, somebody moved the mattresses that he was going to land on. 30 so, feet down that I was going to hit with precision if they were in that right spot. I know, I by, the way, by the way, they keep saying mattresses. There was a mattress. Oh, I know, right? And Still could have gotten a broken foot. Nice and skewered on a uh, a tractor of all things. Yeah. A really wide. What do you call it? Like a, a like the pipe, like the pipe the on pipe, top yeah. of the tractor, like the exhaust on top of a tractor. He gets impaled on that. Yeah. They could have had him get impaled on anything. They chose like the nastiest thing I could have possibly imagined. So he's definitely dying of septicemia if he walks away. <laughs> septicemia comes for us all. What can I say? It's <laughs> true. So, yeah, this group of crazy teenagers have a prank that gets out of hand, and their friend gets impaled on a tractor. And once again, uh, they feel that they're in a position where if they come clean about it, they're going to face repercussions that they just can't handle. So they swear themselves to secrecy in a really weird, like, Mad Libs <laughs> edition of the first movie. Yeah. yeah. And uh, apparently anytime, anywhere, teenagers make a promise to not tell about something that got somebody killed, <laughs> Ben Willis appears and he kills them for he's knowing the secret. Now spirit, now that he's actually dead from the second one. Yeah, he's, by the way, he died in the second one. For and sure. he is for sure dead. In this movie, he is straight up a supernatural entity. He is a zombie. Zombie. In the worst plot twist of all time. Yeah. Because they literally talk about Ben Willis once. They don't even say his name. And then he shows up at the end like we're supposed to be like, wow, what a satisfying twist. Whoa. So I get, yeah, generally I think his MO in this movie is anybody who knows the secret gets killed. That seems to be what they're suggesting in the movie. Because anytime somebody knows about the secret, they're suddenly on the list of people who can get killed. And honestly, this movie should have been called Everybody Knows What You Did Last Summer. Because <laughs> literally, entire town knew. so many characters in reveals come and be like, no, I know what you did. Uh -oh. I was told last week. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how, how to explain it more than it's like if you were watching 
like a scene in a movie and then all of a sudden the shot widens out and there's two more characters there that you didn't notice but then the shot widens out again and you realize there's four more characters there than you thought that's this entire movie every time yeah. you think you know who was in on the secret the movie like widens out a little bit and it's like oh i guess they knew too <laughs> guess it's half the town knows what we did last summer one of them being a cop did anything about it <laughs> yeah There's two of like... them two of them being cops because didn't the sheriff know the friggin' sheriff apparently like right, knew because he, he got his friggin' right shoulder he died, like, he was like, I know. <laughs> So uh, yeah. So anyway, That's the movie, yeah. Uh, so just some general background around the movie. Of course, this was released in 2006 after years of development hell. It was That's straight crazy. to DVD in Eight 2006. Uh, the director was Sylvain Sylvain White. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I don't know that I want to pronounce it right. I don't know that this guy earned my respect <laughs> with this movie. Yeah, it really did. Sorry, Sylvain. Directed by Sylvain White, written by Michael D. Weiss. The principal uh, cast was Brooke. 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 That's how you pronounce it. Uh, Brooke Niveen, uh-huh. David Patkow, Tori DeVito, and Ben Easter. <laughs> which was a straight up jet. Like, the movie starts and we're misreading all the names. We're like. Break, uh, Niveen, David Parker, Danny DeVito, <laughs> Danny and DeVito. Ben Foster. <laughs> uh, and the budget of this movie is actually a big fat question mark. I could not verify a budget anywhere I looked online, not even an estimated budget. So this movie was made for like, I don't know, a jar of quarters. It's, sure. it's hard to tell. Might as well. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the background of the movie. If we want to get into some trivia, dive in. we want to talk about more of the complicated history of this movie for crying out loud. <laughs> what, so, what had to happen to create this end game? I'm very curious what well, events. Like I said, J love Hugh decides is sort of the last person standing. She doesn't want to be in the movie, but she'll do a cameo. And then she doesn't even want to do a cameo. And as soon as she walks away completely, they say, this isn't going theatrical. This is going straight to DVD. And basically, as soon as that happened, most of the cast dropped out. The only person I can verify that for sure was cast and then dropped out was an actress named Alessandra Torresani, who was originally cast as the the best friend singer girl whose name I've already forgotten. Zoe. Zoe, you're right. The only name that. I remember. There you go. I don't know why. So Alessandra Torsani had been cast as Zoe, and that was the only person I could verify walked away from the movie. Uh, and basically, like, with the cast dropping out and things going wrong left and right, the director left. I could not verify who the director was. And Probably so <laughs> Sylvain White basically gets the call and jumps right in to direct. And apparently tells them that he can do all of his pre-production, including recasts, in two weeks. So he picked locations, he was making the shooting schedule, and he was casting the movie all in two weeks. And it shows. This is is a real cheap, just thrown together looking movie. Uh, The one thing he brought on board that I think is commendable is he had a strict no CGI policy. Yeah. At the time, CGI was really starting to take over in the realm of horror movies. And he basically said in all the interviews I read, he said, when you see CGI, you know it's CGI. So I wanted to do everything practically. And everything was done practically to the movie's benefit in a couple of small moments and to the movie's detriment basically everywhere else. Every other moment, yeah. He basically just relied on crazy editing. But uh, I guess props to that guy for having that commitment and like going through on it. Uh, I was going to, I was going to surprise you guys with this during the podcast, but it came out during the movie. Uh, We of course have an interesting connection to that movie in that we are produced in the lovely state of Utah. Mm -hmm. And this film was, if you could call it a film, I might call it a video. (laughs) This video was in fact filmed in Utah. There was actually even a few moments in the mo- a few moments during the video where we were like, "Oh, I I think I know where that is." Yeah. Like, "Oh, that looks like Park City. Oh, that looks like this place I went to once." So, yeah, so kind of cool for that, I guess. Um one thing I didn't tell either of you before watching this movie is as of right now, 
we are taping this in September of 2020. So as of right now, 14 years later, this movie still has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. Nobody... (laughs) Nobody <laughs> nobody has done anything to bring it up in the slightest. It That's is, impossible. Whoa. It has stayed at a 0% the entire time it's been on that website. Well, That's hey, kind of they've remained consistent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, if, you, if we want to talk about, like, the production crew, the kind of stuff they got into, we can talk about uh, Sylvain White, the director, is, of course, still working today. He's done a couple more features. Nothing super notable he did the like the losers with uh idris elba and chris evans oh, okay. which was noteworthy ish yeah. uh mostly he's known for doing tv he's done a ton of tv work and then michael d weiss uh has written some very fine films everything from the butterfly effect 2 to the scorpion king 4 the quest for power uh, but admittedly he does he does have one movie on his resume that i actually enjoy which is he wrote journey to the center of the earth the one that starred brendan fraser no way and i actually as a kid loved that movie so yeah props to that guy he he nailed it at least once once (laughs) uh in terms of these these actors uh brooke nevin she's been around like i was looking through her imdb page and i was like i've seen her in probably a million tv shows where she did a one episode guest spot and that was it uh funny thing about david petkow who played Colby in the movie. Colby. <laughs> he will actually be coming up on our podcast again, sooner rather than later. Oh, for real? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Okay. Keep it a little mysterious I for our audience. I see him again. <laughs> but uh, he's, he's, he's going to be back. Uh, Tori DeVito, uh, I guess, got cast on Chicago Med, and now she's been in like all those different shows, because now there's, like, a, there's Chicago Med, there's Chicago Fire, there's Chicago like pd or whatever it's like a whole chicago universe chicago the zoo er and yeah i i don't really i i'm just waiting for chicago improv the show to come out uh but no she she's appeared across all of them so she's doing okay for herself now and i thought she was decent in the movie so you know good good for her yeah as you know nobody was all that good in the movie I would say the only actors that actually seemed like they knew how to act were all of the cops in this movie. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. They were the only ones where I was like, yeah, all right. I, I at least believe you. Yeah, for a second. Yeah. And they all seemed to be like local people. They all seemed to be people from Utah that got hired to, to play those parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the kid, the, the, the first, the not the first death of the movie, because that was the guy Tony Hawk in it, but the <laughs> second death of the movie, he was also a, a Utah native. I think he was from Provo. Oh, cool. Oh, so okay. yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's some trivia about the movie. Wow, awesome. I had more to say about it than I think either of you guys thought I would. Well, I'm I'm glad oh, you yeah. had that much because yeah, you you kind of hear those things and you're like, makes sense. It it uh, that those things would happen and would make a movie like this. So yep, not much of a surprise, but glad we get to talk about it. So what we do on the show is we first rate. Uh, the movie in terms of quality first and spookiness second out of 13 for both because it's a spooky number and we just do horror movies. Um, so Don't we do spookiness first? I thought we did spookiness first. Oh, yeah. Let's do spookiness first. That sounds good. I feel like it start with the mic review and then go to the Mac review. All right. Yeah, like in scientific here. Yeah, it's nice and economical of us. Uh, yeah, if you if you look at the trajectory of the, of the oh, whatever of the, nerd the, the, anyway. <laughs> so what do you guys think? What spookiness first? What? How were you scared? Never. I was never scared in this movie. I think oh, I was man. scared that this movie was never gonna end. I think that's the only time I was afraid. I, I'm gonna be honest, guys. This movie was terrifying. I was so scared of the acting. It was. I'm honest. <laughs> Like tonight, I'm gonna be curled up in bed. Lanson will be next to me, and I'll be going. There. And I'll be going. Hey, man, the act, like the bad acting, and I'll always know what you did last summer. It can't hurt you. But then I'll remember the acting in this movie, and I'll be like, it can, it can, and it is. It always will remember the time I did that thing last. Summer. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay, but it, we'll get through it. <laughs> it's actually terrible. <laughs> Every yeah. oh, it's horrific. <laughs> so I know I gave, I still know what you did last summer, 
a negative three for scariness retroactively i'm gonna give that like a one or a two and i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna give this a negative three okay yeah, that's i fair. feel like this is the movie that really earned it like we my uh, one of the big complaints i had about the last movie was it was trying to make things that made no sense scary like the whole like dance club sequence where like the fisherman is like stalking her in the dance club and it's supposed to be terrifying and it was just so right. stupid and pointless <laughs> This movie, like, went a step further. Like, the scene yeah. where she's friggin' riding the gondola, like, down the mountain, and she sees him in the other gondola, and then all of a sudden he's somehow, like, on top of hers, like, trying to stab yeah. her through the window. Like, it made no sense. There was great setups, too. Like, uh, what's-his-bucket who died first out of the crazy friends who were keeping the secret? Yeah. no. <laughs> like, we talk about the fact that he's isolated on a mountain and for some reason he's being chased around like this facility. And it's like, it would have been cooler to have sort of a chase sequence where he has to overcome like the isolation of being up a mountain, but he can't overcome that. Yeah. Or at the very least a wide shot of where he is to show it's isolated, but it just cuts to his (laughs) face and he's inside. Like maybe we're prejudiced, but you remember how like that first movie had those beautiful like sweeping shots of the locations where they were filming of the coast. Yeah. Like Utah's a beautiful place. Give us some like long sweeping shots of some Utah wilderness. Rent a fetching helicopter for two hours and give us something. You I know? mean, <laughs> this movie like there was some like in terms of outdoor footage, it was basically they just filmed clouds and then put that in slow motion and then fast motion but then slow motion again the passage of time (laughs) yeah um yeah i would i would honestly just give it a zero you know yeah it's uh there's never a time legitimately when you're watching it that i felt scared or i think anybody would feel scared so yeah straight zero (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Lance and your zero. Um, there wasn't a single moment I feared for their lives or for my life. There was no <laughs> sympathetic fear even. It just it just wasn't there. So Wait, have you ever been in a horror movie and feared for your own life? Like, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go, man. Am I going to make it to the end? Uh, yes, yes. I man, have. nice. Okay, what... Uh... Hey, I get into it, man. Hey, I like it. I like that a lot. You man. look over I... your shoulder after horror movie's done, and that's a... And I mean, I don't mean to talk crap, because I'm the guy that still, if like he turns off a light in the basement, like runs like a bat in <laughs> hell, like, oh no! Up the stairs like someone's somebody's chasing gonna, you. Somebody's gonna freaking get me! Oh, yeah. I gotta get under my covers! <laughs> I don't know why to stay safe! You know what I genuinely did last night? I, I was going out to my car mm-hmm. to, to get into it, to like drive home, and I just, I, I heard like, just like some rustling like in the bushes like that were that was near my car and just instinctively i like got in my car like closed my door locked all the doors and then like put a hand in the back seat and like felt around (laughs) to make sure there was no one back there and then i realized that i needed something from the truck so i did like a super like fast grab and then repeated the whole thing of like feeling around in the back like nobody gonna kill me okay okay we're good <laughs> i do all that and then i have like the guts to be like i'm never scared <laughs> i love i love horror movies this movie was negative three scary <laughs> i promise i won't get scared i won't have nightmares the scariness is null but quality oh, is there God. anything we could just squeeze the out of this movie is in terms of quality <clears throat> yep yep um like i said anybody they they hired like locally acting wise seemed to be actually good at acting um i don't know there was moments of like directorial acumen but it was just undercut by the fact that this was just in the era of Saw, right? Where it was like, if you don't have budget, just edit around the fact that you don't have budget. And this movie took that to heart. Yeah. It was just really, like, ridiculous editing where you see nothing, but it's supposed to be scary somehow. Um, that being said, like, it really worked against its own advantage. So, like, one of its advantages was the fact that the deaths were all practical and actually like really interesting. I mean, even like uh, the deputy guy who gets like impaled on the forklift. Honestly, like, pretty awesome. That death yeah. was awesome, 
but it was but like every time there was cool effects and a cool death they edited around it in like a crappy way and like undercut their own cool thing it's like no 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 like yeah, if you stayed on there a while, it would wouldn't look bad. Like it was, it was good practical effects. So yeah, yeah. Even like the first like practical thing you really see in the movie is like the guy impaled on the tractor, mm-hmm. and it looks really cool. It like it looks awesome, but it just cuts away so quick. And like, there's a scene where we see a guy like freaking cut his arm like with a hook. Yeah, and it's just like a quick like, whoosh, and we don't really see any of it. It's like man, like that could have you could have really like dug into that so i don't know it's like moments where it's like ah, they kind of know what they're doing but it's just undercut by just a lot of things going wrong so what's what's the number luke out of 13 out of 13 i mean it just has to be like a zero like <laughs> nothing to squeeze i know man. i've already like i i know i've already sold the farm a bit in terms of like i'm willing to give things negative numbers but I don't want to give this movie a negative number because that would imply that I like it was a complete waste of time. I did enjoy myself, but I only enjoyed myself because you guys were there and we were just like <laughs> ripping it apart. Yeah, so, we did not take it seriously. So I got a, I got enjoyment out of it. So I'll say so I'll give it a zero. I'll be nice about it. All right, Lanson. Yeah, I mean, Luke brings up some good points. I did think. Um, the deaths were cool. Uh, the practical effects for that were really, really a, I guess, highlight of the movie. Um, yeah, pretty much acting was off except for a couple people that really shone through. Like, I mean, which <laughs> helps a lot when you're kind of a diamond in <sighs> the rough. Many, many roughs. Um, but yeah, I'd probably give it a zero. I mean, it's... As far as like overall quality, it's a movie that I would never watch again. To be honest, <laughs> no, with you. not unless never I was getting years. paid mad money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's that's and my. We are getting we are getting paid mad money. That's the only reason we watched it this time. Oh, yeah. sick! We yeah. got that Lisa's mattress money rolling in. <laughs> yeah, I can finally buy some apple juice for the apartment. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. We can keep the lights on for another month, guys. Hey! Thank you. I still know what you did last summer. I will always know what you did last summer. Which is so funny because it's like, I don't know. I'm going to jump into that for a minute here. Um, I will always know what you did last summer. It's like, really? I guess I understand with the Ben Willis thing how he's like a zombie and always comes back. Which is dumb. But I think it's like, really, you're always going to know that implies that there's going to be more movie. It's kind of like Batman Forever. It's like, well, there's not going to be Batman Forever. <laughs> like, let's get real. I mean, maybe, but not this version of Batman Forever. So kind of the same principle with, I will always know what you did last summer. I don't know, man. You could, I don't know. Like, just forget. Seems it's, like an isolated incident still. It seems pretty forgettable in a pretty forgettable town, so whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's, I'm just lumping that into my opinion of the movie because, yeah. Yeah. What did you think? What would you give, Adam? <laughs> um, okay, here's what I'm going to say. I think there were some things that didn't work mm-hmm. but could have worked. Yeah. I think... I, I do not think that the fact he became a supernatural entity, zombie guy, I, I think it was a stupid decision, but I think it could have been something a little cooler. Like, I was thinking about the the scene where she's in the lift and he moves to the, the roof of it, and like, supernaturally. I think they could have played around with the fact that the rules of the first two movies didn't uh, apply but the audience doesn't know that. So, you know, they could have played with that, and I think that would have been cool. They didn't, yeah. but I saw the potential there. A couple of the dex- deaths, like we said, were were cool. I enjoyed it when it happened. I thought the impalement of the deputy was awesome. Like the and it it showed it for a good little while. Then, I mean, it, yeah, edited around it's still weird, but it was at least the most longest cut of a death that we saw, and it was really cool. I'm going to give it a point five. Whoa, shocking so, the world. Yeah. For those two reasons, everything else was crap. It was yeah, not worthy, but, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll give it the smallest bone I can throw. 
the smallest bone. <laughs> hey, there it is. So yeah, there's it's it's a crap movie. It's not scary, but let's talk about the killer. Let's talk about the zombie <laughs> Benny Willis, red-eyed man that is Ben Willis. Um, and what he did, how how he changed from movie to movie. I mean, he still got the hook. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, something that is kind of a theme in all of it is it's a fisherman, which is, which makes it quite funny because it's supposed to be this small town in Colorado, so it's like, <laughs> he's gone to rivers and lakes now! <laughs> so, I mean, and he still dresses up in the slicker and he still has the hook and everything. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's what you brought up, Adam, I think, I guess it's kind of it has potential in the sense that he's a supernatural entity that he's not really limited by like mortal limitations but at the same time throughout the movie he's limited by more yeah limitations really when it's convenient it. <laughs> you know like i think for me the biggest difference was like in the first one at least it's like it was funny and it's laughable that he moves at like just regular human pace but everybody else is like just less than average in their movement yeah and then in the second one i guess he kind of speeds it up a little bit but he's still kind of i mean not as impressive but in this one it's like the movement's all over the place like he's super fast one time and then he's coming towards you and it's like 10 minutes go by pain is drying and you're just like he can't walk around a fetching pool yeah i know right he's like darn it yeah (laughs) swam away i (laughs) know gotta gotta wake queen what can i say (laughs) (laughs) gotta let that catch go but yeah i mean like overall i would say um as far as like the killing itself i felt like I felt like it's a real downgrade from the second one where in the second one he was using a lot more of his surroundings um, and he was kind of incorporating more things to kill people with but in this one it was I almost felt like I was begging the movie to like please kill somebody just do it <laughs> just do stop it. teasing me no fake outs man. just do it the most impotent Ben Willis has ever met <laughs> I know and it's it's funny because he's supposed to have the most power but he's like the least effective so that's my assessment of Ben Willis in this one. He's uh, still around, but, uh, you know, it might be time to hang up the hook. Yeah. I don't know. Do well. some poetry, <laughs> do some pottery. I don't know. Get some more hobbies, man. You need to let it go. Well, it has been 14 years, so maybe he has. Maybe, maybe yeah. that was the end. You know what, Ben Willis? I'm calling you out, you piece of crap. You want to get on this podcast? <laughs> you come here and face me like a man. Hey, he only shows up if we end up accidentally killing somebody and then keeping it a secret okay i didn't accidentally kill that guy that one time on spring break okay yeah i purposefully killed him that one time i meant to and i told everybody i didn't keep it a secret <laughs> i served some hard time for that man i'm a new man i, served, I rehabilitated served some hard time in panama dude panamanian prison is crazy <laughs> but everybody there is super nice so that that kind of evens it out good yeah. people Panamanians are great people. Uh, anything else to say about the killer? I mean, inconsistent. I would say is a good is a good word. I, I'm taking from your comment. It's not because there's no rules with the supernatural aspect. It's just the plot of the movie <laughs> dictates what the killer does. Yep. People get away, not even by the skin of their teeth. They just get away from him for no reason. It's like he. Oh, I wanted just to get his foot, but like. Obviously, he didn't want to because he was, like, really trying to go for him. So, I don't know. I think it's there's, hard to really assess. I mean, there's re- there's literally a scene in the movie where Zoe gets, like, brutally murdered. And yeah. then wakes up and is like, oh, it's a dream. But then when she wakes up, she gets brutally murdered. And then she wakes up again, and it was a dream within a dream. But her couch is still But then her shredded. couch is all shredded, <laughs> meaning that he was there, but he just didn't bother killing her. This, like I said, this movie's like a fever dream. Yeah. It's so weird and crazy and makes no sense. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, the one thing this killer has going for him is, like, if you fight back, it's worth nothing. Unless you kill him with his own hook. That was lame. But like, Yeah, that's crazy you have to kill him with a another fishing hook not even his hook just a fishing hook looks the same it's like a replica 
<laughs> so yeah, from that'll... eBay. <laughs> from eBay. It's yeah. like sixty-four dollars on eBay or whatever he said. So yeah, that was that was pretty dumb. Like, but at the same time, I guess like, like we see the de- like the deputy before he gets impaled in the coolest moment of the entire movie, friggin' shoots the guy like three times with a shotgun, does nothing. We see uh, uh, David Patcow like stabs him with a knife. Literally, he stabs him with a knife, and Lance goes, well, that guy's, like, down for the count. You just, like, stabbed him through the heart. But no, like... Just pulls it out. Pulls it out. There's not even blood on it. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like... It's, like, the movie knows that the zombie guy should be more powerful, but then the movie, like, forgets to show us that he's powerful. <laughs> Except for those two instances where he should definitely be dead, but he isn't. So, I mean, we could say that he's powerful and he has, as a killer in this fictional world, the potential to wreak some fetching havoc. Yeah. But he's stupid. He's, I don't know what to call him, where he just doesn't use it. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, <laughs> straight up, like their plan. I think halfway through the, I'm not, I'm not sure. It was either halfway through the movie or 32 hours into the movie. They decide yeah. that they're just gonna leave town. The craziest part is that probably would have worked. Like, yeah, yep. He can't follow the guy that to the other end of the pool. So yeah, if you leave town, you're probably fine. <laughs> Head over to Utah from Colorado. Oh, you're good. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> or everybody in this movie is obsessed with being in L.A. Just go to L.A. Go LA. To LA. Hey, I gotta hit up L.A. And at go least that, street that could be like a, a coastal city, you know, like I a, know. have some fetching real Maybe that's fishermen. Too many bad memories by the sea. That's why he's going inland. I don't know. <laughs> like, I've been defeated twice. And Every time I locations. go to the sea, friggin' Ray shows up, beats the, the crap out of me. The young man in the sea. Yeah, I would have given this a 13 if Ray came in at the end and just saved the <laughs> day. Just punched him in the oh face. My gosh. When you pitched that, I was, like, crying. Just imagining, like... Because that, that would be, like, the perfect movie. Because that's Ray in the first two movies, basically, where he's, like, not even there for the first two acts. And then in the third <laughs> act, he comes in like a superhuman. Boom. So just this movie, he comes in for the last five minutes and friggin' snaps the fisherman's <laughs> neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it didn't happen. So. It didn't happen. Which, didn't happen. You know, hey, if they ever make another one of these, I mean, I don't know. Dude, I'd make another one of these and bring back FPJ. Oh, for sure. If he's down, I'm down, I'd, man. Yeah, if he's down, I'm into it. You hear that? We would like another one from you. Another one. All right, so I think we've, I mean, we've talked enough about the killer. Yeah. Uh, for my fancy, at least. <laughs> yep. There might be more Can't to say. Can't stand talking about him anymore. <laughs> yep, I'm just done, so. I'm giving him three movies. I mean, so the killer is dumb, but the let's talk about the victims, like the people, the, the characters, the protagonists of the story. The protagonists? <laughs> I would call them antagonists. <laughs> They're around. They're I'm, not, I'm not in life. favor not of them at all. Pro. We're just kind of neutral agilists. <laughs> just two-dimensional characters on a screen. <laughs> Set um, pieces. Set pieces, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel like everybody, a good point that Luke brought up is like, everybody had the opportunity to just skip town. Yeah. And like, that would work. And they didn't, because they're dumb dumb feel like throughout this movie these guys not very smart which i mean to be fair it's not a very smart movie so i mean you kinda, it's a product of yeah I mean, what it is we were laughing because they kept talking about how they were like they were country they were country kids right like they were yeah. hicks and hillbillies and it's like you don't act like it no. but then at some point somebody says like we're not just like a bunch of dumb hillbillies and it's like um actually you might be that <laughs> come to think of hillbillies it. but i mean still dumb i think well let's just start with the first <laughs> event the the prank <laughs> oh the prank I, yeah that was the thing in this movie you know that hilarious prank you do with your friends <laughs> where you make one of them dress up like a known serial killer and terrorize the local carnival and it's no, known in the east coast and they're in fetching colorado it's like a super did one of them did one of them live there or what was the story like how did they know actually the dumbest part about that whole thing is they tell it at the beginning like it's an urban legend and then halfway through the movie they're like wait it was real and i was like you bunch of freaking oh yeah dumb. they're Pick going up a through book. The... <sighs> like i know read a newspaper 
it's, 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 it would be like if one of them dressed up as like Jeffrey Dahmer and then started killing people and then was like, wait, wait that was real? <laughs> wait, that wasn't just like a story people tell each other? <laughs> That's yeah. very true. It's like, you're telling me Ted Bundy really was dumb. a real guy? What? And it's like this act in public where he like rips the sheet and there's cops around there's people like and I'm surprised nobody <laughs> shot him. <laughs> I, I we kept joking about that is we were like they're just going to like straight up shoot the guy in the costume and oh, that's no. like what that's the movie. That's the movie. No, yeah, it was like it was it was insane. I mean, I get like I I understand scaring your friends as a joke, like as a prank. I have definitely done that. Yep. But you don't do that where you terrorize the entire town. You do that when, like, you do it when you and a couple buddies are out camping. Yeah. And yeah. you, like, shake one of the, one guy's tent in the middle of the night. Like, that's a joke. Yeah. Terrorizing a carnival and <laughs> having the cops, like, chase you up a building. That's... Skateboard off of it onto some... onto a mattress. That whole thing, by the way, like... Their plan was to have their friend skateboard off a building, land safely on a mattress, and be like, clean getaway. How is that a prank? That you're, What you've done is you've set up an elaborate, like, art piece. <laughs> yeah, it's like a spectacle for the, the city fair. It's like, it's like a play. And it mm. goes horribly wrong. And here's the thing, I think it's not... It should have gone horribly wrong. Like, there's no other... Even if there wasn't somebody moving the mattress, like... I don't know. I think any way that happened, someone was going to get hurt, and they did. And so I'm just saying they're dumb. All the characters are really dumb. Yeah. The if, fact that they thought that that prank would be funny. Yeah. And then after stupid. something inevitably went horribly wrong, they're like, we're not going to tell anybody, and we're going to pretend the killer was real, and it wasn't us. And Little did they know... He was. He was. Man, fate is a... <laughs> it goes around, Just, comes oh, around, yeah. boys and girls. And I, I said this at one point in the movie, but I stand by it. So the town is now suspicious that around the 4th of July, there's going to be a guy in a rain slicker killing people. Mm -hmm. So the next year, when a guy shows up in a rain slicker killing people, they're like, we can't tell the cops. And it's like, yeah, the cops will willingly help you track this, this guy is down. part of your story. Like, it's part of the con being like, look, he's back. He's real. I mean, like, even if like the truth gets dragged out about you, the cops are very willing to find the guy in the slicker. Like, there's no reason True. for you to be like, we, we can't involve the cops. This has to be a secret. It's like... And he's killing them. Like, life yeah. and death. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not like the first movie where... I mean, obviously the cops are being dicks. Yeah. But when they're like, oh, the guy in the slicker is chasing you, they have like no, they have no reason to believe that necessarily. But in this movie, there's a precedent of a guy in a slicker killed a dude. Yeah. So if you go to the cops and say, hey, a guy in a slicker is trying to kill us. He's stalking us. The cops will be like, hey, same team here. We don't like that guy. Yeah, he's not great. So it was like, I, I mean, I, and again, PJ, Tony Hawk dude who landed on a tractor. His dad is the sheriff. Yeah. So I guess that's one reason not to go to him. It's but personal. the But the deputy the whole time is so friendly with what's-her-face. Amber. He's very obviously, like, in love with her, which is a little creepy, but at the very least, he's going to be on your side. Yeah. And ultimately, it turns out, he was on their side yeah. because yeah. he knew the whole time he, he didn't tell anybody. Did mm -hmm. I mean, I think the decisions that the characters made ended up in their demise, and they deserved everything they got. <laughs> yeah. It's bold, but I think it's absolutely true. <laughs> if anything, true. this is a moral story. <laughs> Don't make those pranks, kids. I know you guys sit and plan around the campfire about how you're oh, going to terrorize the town and Tony Hawk, your friend, <laughs> and it's going to be so fun, but it never is. It never works out. And honestly, yeah, this is... One more to say about the characters. They're idiots. They die. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, um, yeah. So in terms of like figuring out our own survival, how yeah. deep in this are we going to go? Are we assuming that we did the stupid Tony Hawk prank? <sighs> I guess we have to, because if you don't do that, then there's no movie. There's nothing yeah. to cover up, so Ben Willis you know isn't going to show up. That's fine. <laughs> Let's just start with the next summer after that and see One how we fare. Yeah. Cutting four... Uh, uh, 
And it starts on July 1st. And, and July the makes 1st, a point to 2006. Four days. <laughs> oh, getting crazy in a small Colorado town. It's funny. I'm trying to remember what happens. Uh, I just remember she's like, Amber is like in front of the grave and she's. Right. Yeah, I remember bad. she's a terrible photographer because her fingers are in front of the lens. <laughs> yep. Wow, my thumbprint. And why is she taking pictures uh, while she's trying to pay her respects? That's like her thing, know. remember? She's a photographer, and she wants to go to LA, LA, LA. to be a photographer. But she doesn't was, go. I like how that was like one time that that guy actually got used. I know she brings her camera with her throughout the movie a little bit, but like that was the only time that she actually took pictures, I feel like. Or maybe you know? she did it after a bike ride or something. Anyway. It oh, yeah. wasn't consistent enough to be like, really, this is your dream? Like, yeah. okay, I understand. It, it. I didn't believe it in the character. Yeah. There was that stupid moment, too, where she's getting attacked in the gondola, and her camera goes off, and it's like, okay, she'll have proof of a killer in a slicker. Yeah, and then I she forgot about that. And then she shows the pictures, and it's just, like, the worst pictures you've ever seen in your life, and you're like, oh, okay, so those were useless. Yeah. I'm. I just had a thought. This is kind of off the topic of survival but she has a camera everywhere she goes it's like her thing yeah if this movie was found footage i think it probably would have been better even though it would have been a stupid found footage movie <laughs> but like you get rid of all the weird jump cuts you get like i don't yeah. know i feel like it would have benefited from it if they just le- leaned into it but Maybe. see and, that, and we talked about this earlier but this movie's a master class in making horror movies in that at every turn, we as an audience were more imaginative, more imaginative than the movie was. Yeah, yeah. Every second of the movie, I was like, "Oh, like what if they did this right now? That would actually be cool." And then it just they didn't. didn't do that right yeah. then. <laughs> so, Anyways. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, survivability, though. If I was in their shoes and this mm-hmm. was all going down, yeah, and assuming that I hadn't said anything for the year, um, but yeah, coming back, there's like somebody on the loose I feel like yeah you go to the cops and you're like hey the dude i told you about this saves my skin the dude that i told you remember about remember that, that story <laughs> that killed my friend he's going to kill me i even have like a hole through my ankle to prove it you know so maybe that would help but again i don't know it's kind of weird cuz i guess there's the dyma- dynamic of him being like this zombie creature yeah that can only be killed by a hook that looks like his it's pretty so tough one. Yeah, that's I don't know, that's hard to say because it's like may I I'd like to think I'd be smart enough to figure that out that that would be the only thing to hurt him and then just be like, "Oh, well, I guess I'll just like get a really big hook that looks like his and just do that." But I don't know. In that situation, it's like it's so weirdly specific like how would you even figure that yeah, out? Yeah, I know, right? Like, I don't know. To be fair, that's not what ultimately kills him. They just put him through a friggin' wood chipper. Yeah, that's the other thing. They yeah, get him true. down, like they injure him, and then they put him in a wood chipper, or whatever that was. <laughs> oh though. no, going through the wood chipper. I'm <laughs> man witch. Yeah, um. They hit him with their car, he flopped around like a Muppet for a yeah. second, then he was back on his feet. <laughs> Nothing can kill this man except the wood chipper. Except the wood chipper. When in doubt, I mean. Yeah, because, I don't know, there needs to be more consistency for me to be able to logically say, like, if I could survive or not, so. See, the problem with this movie is, if the screenwriter wanted a character to die, they'd be dead. Yeah. Exactly. So, we the were, killer could so, kill like, yeah. if we were in this movie, we would have some sort of sick and twisted godlike figure <laughs> literally warping time and space around us to make sure that we died yeah the, scre- the screenwriter would be a big old puppet master up above this movie oh. controlling us to the point where literally there's a scene where they're running away from the guy everybody's on the same page and then all of a sudden they cut to where's zoe yeah she just they lose her yeah and there's all, no and there's no like establishing there, that there's nothing to establish that other than all of a sudden they cut to the two Lance and what's her face running into a room and they're like, wait, where's Zoe? And then they cut to Zoe who is suddenly alone in, in a, a different, different room, room, completely locked like, into it. Weird animal thing. Yeah. Taxidermy animals yeah. all over the place. Yeah. When they're about to leave town, 
they don't because all of a sudden Zoe has a gig to play that she's never talked about before. <laughs> but she's like, there's going to be an agent from L.A. there. You know, you know where else there'll be an agent from L.A. watching a show? L.A. LA. Yep. Just, just go to just everyone. Go, just get go out of town. To LA. Just go to L.A. I, I mean, that's a good point. You're, it's like escaping the screenwriter. Um, I think this guy has the potential. If he wanted to kill you, you'd be dead. There'd yep. be no escaping him. But the fact that he has so many opportunities to kill characters and he doesn't, I'm just going to make the assumption that if I was in this movie, he would take his time to kill me and that he would try to and he wouldn't. And so I'm going to say that I'd, I'd get the fetch out of Dodge. I'd just leave and I'd, I, think, uh, I think I'd be able to survive it for that. I don't know. Again, if, if I was the one on the chopping block, I'd die. There, there's no getting around this guy who can morph through time and space but <laughs> and that's exactly the problem with this movie is all of it is avoidable and somehow unavoidable at the same time it's so true yeah like honestly if i was in this movie i would never play a prank where i have one of my friends pretend to be a serial killer it would never happen in the first yeah. place so this movie wouldn't happen yeah or then i'd go to the cops except in this movie for some reason like Literally every argument in this movie is, let's go to the cops. We can't. But we should, but we can't. Wait, I changed my mind. Let's go to the cops. Well, we can't now. Because, <laughs> no. And there's the weird thing where they thought the cop was the dude. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, there wasn't anything <laughs> to suggest, except that he gave a couple ominous looks at them. So, yeah, I feel... I, <laughs> that just reminded me of the best scene in the whole movie. Okay. When the cop, when the, yeah. when the sheriff oh, yeah. goes out to his car <laughs> and finds the note that's like, we know what you're doing this summer, now leave us alone. And there's like the, sh the, like, like the voyeur shot of like somebody peeking at him from behind a car. And we're like, oh my gosh, like there's somebody watching him behind the car. And then it cuts to Colby, like crouched behind the car, watching the sheriff, like, who's there? I can't see anybody. He's not going to see me from <laughs> In right a well here. lit parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest part of the whole movie. Funny. I know. So when we talk about, so final boy status, final girl status, to reiterate that final boy status is where the last one to die. We make it through most of the movie. We're the final boy and then the final girls. We survive the movie. I mean, I'm kind of lumping them together because we already kind of talked about it. But, I mean, yeah. it's it's tough to say. I'm just going to say, based off what I said earlier, I would be able to make Final Girl status given the events in this movie and making the assumption that the killer is just going to take its time to kill me anyway. So. <laughs> I think that's it. Like, the killer spends so much time just buttering them up Yeah. that that's probably enough time to figure out that his weakness is a fish hook. Not specifically his fish hook, just any old fish hook. Could be a replica. I, could, there's could be probably anything. enough time to figure that out. So, sure. no, but yeah, my opinion of whether I could make, I could definitely make final boy status because, like, really, just kind of falls in your lap in this movie. Yeah, even then, if you're an idiot, as they yeah, were, as they are. Still... I mean, you don't have to exude <laughs> we, much brain power on that. We had a long conversation. I guess at the beginning of the movie, it it was either 20 minutes into the movie. Or 127 hours later, <laughs> after I fully cut off my arm to get away from this movie, <laughs> um, we were like, it's unclear, like, clearly Amber is the final girl, Yeah. yeah. but I have no concept of who the final boy is, and it's because the final boy wasn't a part of, like, the initial promise, yeah. and then wasn't even in the second act of the movie. He just all of a sudden showed up in the third act and was like, I knew the whole time, yeah. which put him on the chopping block. Chopping block. Yeah. So I was just like, it's a total give me in this movie in terms of being the final boy. Literally, he's not even a character until the third act of the movie. He shows up out of nowhere, and it's like, hey, I'm here, and he becomes the final boy. So, it yeah, it's a total gimme. Like, it's something you Fair. literally... It, it's like falling into a well. It just happens. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I've been walking home from, like, Pilates, and I just fall... I mean, not not recently with the pandemic, but when before I did Pilates, uh, you know, yeah. I just fell into a well. On my way home from hot yoga. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It just sneaks yeah. up on you, man. <laughs> and that's the real killer right there as well. So. Adam, ask me how many times I've fallen into a well. Luke, how many times have you fallen into a well? 34. 34, wow. Those, those are rookie numbers. You gotta bump those numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> you need to visit more. I mean, you just need to get out more. I yeah. guess there's no like you can't do it intentionally. But it was the same well. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay, I guess well, that Orison well. Every day walking home from hot yoga, <laughs> I forgot that it was there, and I just tripped right into it. Hey, man, and we've all been there. Hot yoga does stuff to your mind. That's why I go to. to that's dimension. why I go to cold yoga now. What is cold yoga? It's actually just frozen yogurt. I was about to say, you're just eating frozen <laughs> just yogurt in a just freaking fridge. Yeah. Just chilling. Less and, wells, though. And this is Sun Warrior. Yep, and this is tapioca. <laughs> well, it's a audience. little bit of dole for me. Can yeah. you believe it? We all could survive this movie. We all can make it through, <laughs> guys. Final girl status. The first time we all could, I think. I think the yeah, last I think two movies. So. So uh, I'm not gonna lie, this would be the hardest movie to survive. That's but weird, also yeah. somehow the easiest movie to yeah. survive. Like you said, it's so divisive. It's like I don't even know. It's a weird conundrum. It's impossible. It's like fate. I don't know what happens happens. But, it's like uh, a screenwriter. Okay, so raw, so raw. Well, now we can put that piece of crap behind us and never think about it again. Thanks for listening. <laughs> hey, uh, we are only looking forward from now on. Yep, just right. minds forward. What uh got some plugs what what's going on in our lives, guys? Do we want to talk do we want to say what movie's coming up next or do we want to surprise people? Like when we do a franchise, obviously it'll be easy to yeah. know what comes next. Yeah. But do we want to surprise people in the next one or do we want to tell them? I don't know. You'll just have to guess our destination. <laughs> Well, I when we're doing that. You'll just have to guess our destination. <laughs> this bit is gonna work. <laughs> I'm forcing it. Forcing this Sticking out. Sticking by it. I don't know. What are we gonna watch? Casper? We're gonna watch Casper. Okay, tune in next time. We're watching Dude, Casper. We're I would watch see. Casper. Should we put that? Can we put that? You on know the what? Calendar? Christina Ritchie is in it, but like, I mean, she's she a younger. Is in it. She's young Casper. Which... We have to watch Haunted Mansion too. We just have to get. Dude, I'd watch Haunted Mansion. Goofy. Frick, why not? Horror movies. Let's watch like... the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> yes. Let's just throw it all in. The there. childhood. I mean, for our audience out there, like, don't expect us to only cover slasher movies from yeah. the '90s. Yeah, we're here just... to talk about spooky movies. I mean, even looking at the lineup, our calendar, what we have so far, we're covering a pretty diverse. We're very spread shot. Shop yeah so if it's a spooky movie we're willing to talk about it so if we talk about haunted mansion one day we're going to talk about haunted mansion Let's one get day spooky. and if you have a horror movie you want to see us see if we could survive um what's the, what's the email luke Where, who do they email to give their suggestions oh uh the, well the email will come to us but we will receive it through underqualified idiots at gmail.com that's right so that's sort of your favorite spooky movie again even if it's it's wait what is that the great pumpkin charlie brown whatever whatever yeah, it is whatever it's... we can stretch that genre we can yeah, we can make it hey we're getting into the spooky season so yeah. we can talk fun. about the great pumpkin all, all those spoiler alert i will not survive that one <laughs> I, I, okay i won't ruin it but i couldn't survive the heartache <laughs> oh man well, uh, yeah, so I said the email, underqualifiedidiots at gmail.com. Yeah. You can find us on social media. So uh, I on um, Instagram, we're at underqualifiedidiocracy. On Twitter, we're at youidiocracy. Facebook.slom Facebook Facebook slash uh, <laughs> underqualifiedidiots. Most of that is accurate. We're going to yeah. have people be like, where is it? I can't find it. Salam. <laughs> How do you even spell that? I love this weird website about salami. That's what came up. Huh. Kind of into it. I like salami, but this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> Welcoming. Uh, <laughs> pluggy plugs. Pluggy plug. I mean, as always, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Howeter. It's L-U-K-E-H-A-U-E-T-E-R. Uh, if we really want to like stretch the plugs, I got I like I got plenty of stuff going on. You can listen to my songs on like Spotify, iTunes, whatever you got. Yeah. Just look up my name; it's the same. Um, uh, I I I was in a I was in a movie. I was in um, Love's Labor's Lost. Pretty sure you can just watch it for free on YouTube. So like, go watch. It doesn't cost you anything. Just go watch mm -hmm. it. Watch it. Like nice. I do stuff. Like yeah. 
Yeah, Luke is the one who plugs because I'm I'm just going to school, so catch me on campus, I guess. But I'm on this podcast, so keep listening. Yeah, and I'm just happy to be here. So keep listening, guys. (laughs) Catch you later. Peace out. Take care. I'll always know what you did last summer. This has been an underqualified Idiocracy Media production, produced by Lanson Lappin, Adam Bone, and Luke Houter. You can find additional content and final boy status updates on the YouTube channel for Underqualified Idiocracy Media. Uncut and extended episodes are available at patreon.com slash lukehouter. Theme music was written by Rachel Robison. You can hear more of Rachel's music at rachelrobisonmusic.com. You can also find her work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Robel Racheson. Temporary artwork provided by Luke Howder and Lewis Conrad. This podcast was recorded in underqualified studios and edited by Luke Howder with special thanks to Mike Fuchs for providing audio assistance. The illustrious voice acting providing the intro and outro to this episode is Shane Alvey of the Paradox Files voice acting. You can explore more of his work on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at The Paradox Files. Thank you for tuning in. And never say, I'll be right back.